In this episode of Emergence, we hear about an MSD fellowship examining the control of rabies in India and learn what attracted two participants to the project, their perspectives, the personal and professional impact, and how they identified sustainable solutions and long-term effects. Welcome to the Emergence Podcast, brought to you by MSD Animal Health and hosted by me, Alistair King. The views expressed in this podcast are mine and those of my guests. They do not necessarily represent the views of MSD Animal Health. Before we talk to Julia and Justina about their experiences in India, we all know that due to COVID-19, most meetings have had to be postponed or cancelled. It's therefore good to see a number of organisations moving into online meetings. For instance, over the week of the 25th of May, the International Poultry Council have been running a series of webinars on resilience and leadership in the international poultry supply chain to replace their first semester conference. I hope to be reporting what they covered during my next podcast. Also, last week, the South Asian Association for Regional Cooperation, along with the OIE, have held a Zoom workshop on enhancing progress towards rabies elimination. They've had some fantastic speakers, including Ryan Wallace from the CDC, Dr Umay Siddiqui from Bangladesh, Dr Karma Rinzin, the Chief Veterinary Officer from Bhutan, Dr Andre Kotsa from the Global Alliance for Rabies Control, Dr. Maud Caron of the OIE, and Dr. Bernadette Abila-Ridder of the WHO. I'll put a link in my notes to this podcast that will take you to the recordings. But now I want to talk to two people who participated in the MSD Fellowship for Global Health last year. These fellowships are three-month secondments, with around 30 MSD employees working with NGOs around the world to improve health and well-being. And these have a real One Health focus. They include organisations such as the Programme for Accessible Health, Communications and Education in Uganda, Africare, an HIV cure initiative working with the Infectious Disease Research Institute in India, and Sightsavers. The last of those is a project that meant a lot to me, as this is when I first learnt about the fellowships, when a friend was one of the fellows working on that project. And it helped me realise just how impactful these fellowships can be. It was as a result of the Sightsavers project that we initiated including animal health NGOs a few years ago. Last year, Julia Froelich and Justina Pluter went to India with Mission Rabies to find ways to improve rabies control. And we can hear about their experiences while there. Please note this interview was recorded at the beginning of the year and prior to the impact of the COVID outbreak. As a result of the pandemic, the fellowships are on hold for this year. really pleased today to be joined by Justina Pluter and Julia Froelich, who work for MSD, and I'll give them a chance to introduce who they are. Justina, do you want to just say where you are and what you do? Hello, everyone. I'm Justina Pluta. I work as a vaccine therapy area lead in Central Eastern Europe, and I'm based in Poland in Warsaw. And Julia? Hi, everyone. My name is Julia, and I come from Germany, and I work in GHH um, in marketing. GHH, Global Human Health, for those who don't know what GHH would stand for. Okay, thank you both, and we'll move on to understanding what you've been doing. The fellowships with Merck have always been really interesting to me, how we get people going out and helping with some major charities. I've been really pleased that we've managed to get animal health involved as well. The latest one with Mission Rabies, you both went off on this fellowship 
first off, I'd be really interested to know why you were even attracted to this fellowship when there are so many different projects you could have done. What was it about this that grabbed you? Uh, Justina, do you want to give us an idea? From the prof professional perspective, I've been working with uh, vaccines for more than uh, 10 years. And as we all know, there is no cure for rabies. So prevention is the only way to limit or to eliminate the disease. So that was the perfect project for me to, um, to share my knowledge from the vaccine perspective and also to learn something because I'm not a vet. So I don't have this other uh, perspective from the veterinary point of view. So that was uh, something that uh, I have. Uh, I had a base and I could build on my knowledge uh, from the vaccine field. And I could also learn a lot from the personal perspective. It was going out of my uh, comfort zone because I have never been for a such a long time away from my friends and from my family and in a, such a exotic, let's say, um, country. Same for you, Julia. Um, well, for me personally, um, the project seemed like a, a perfect match, actually, because I've studied veterinary medicine, but now I work um, on the human side, so in GHH and marketing. And um, so I had the possibility to kind of combine both experiences and um, and make a difference for this project. So this seemed like a perfect match to me. But also um, I knew from my studies and so on that Germany is kind of uh, dog transmitted free of rabies. And so I knew that the project itself made, uh, or made um, perfect sense because there's no need for anyone to die of rabies since it's a preventable disease, more or less. So there's a high chance of, of uh, mission rabies and the project to succeed. So this is what attracted to me as well. Yeah, this was working with mission rabies to look at how to improve vaccine uptake. Is that correct? Not only the vaccine uptake, it's the very holistic um, approach. Uh, I think you can you can see it from the three points uh, of view. So it's uh, vaccination, um, the limit of the um, the number of stray dogs, and uh, building awareness among people uh, about rabies, how to behave when they. And they encounter the rabid dog, and what to do if you get bitten. So that these are the three more important points. I know it was in India. I'm not sure which bit of India you're actually working in. Where where were you? It was in the south uh, of India, in the state of Tamil Nadu, and um, it was actually um, close to the border to to different um, other states in the south of India. Um, and Tamil Nadu is supposed to have less rabies cases, and the intention was to kind of prevent Tamil Nadu from these um, uh, close rabies cases uh, close by. Justina, I think you mentioned time away. So this was three months in India. That's a long time away from friends and family. Did you find that really challenging? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's a long time. So I was thinking that three months, I can do it. And it's not a long way and it's not a long time. But it's really, uh, it was really a long, long time without face-to-face -face 
contact and everyday interaction. So that was really challenging. Have you, Julia, done something like that before? Um, no, I have never visited India before. So this was um, everything was very new to me. And also it was a new surrounding, but also a new team. And Justina and me, we didn't know each other before. So this was uh, everything. The whole environment was new to me. And this uh, was, of course, a bit challenging at first. But then um, it's also fun to have this experience and um and I'm very thankful for this also. I'm in admiration of anyone who does these fellowships. That, that, that length of time away, say new situations, new people. Three months, it's a long time to be away. It's also not very long to with projects like this to really get in there. So you have to get up to speed really quickly, don't you? Exactly. And I I, think, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't recall... We didn't have problems with the getting into details. I think it was re very well planned um, by the by the NGO, and uh, we had great contact with the, the the head of this NGO, and also we had a lot of people supporting us. So I don't recall any uh, problems with getting into details. So it was really going quite smooth without some changes. In the meantime, but it was really, first of all, it was uh, really, really well planned. Exactly. I can agree to this because um, we were only there for a few days and we could um, um, already start with uh, with the field work. I think it was Wednesday and we started on Sunday. So I think Mission Rabies is really doing a great job there and they prepared the whole project really well. And that was really helpful for our time in India. You're both. And if you take into consideration that a lot of things are happening over the night in India, so they don't have long-term plans. So that is really <laughs> exactly. very difficult to do it. It's normal in Europe and in US, but it's not in this way in India. So they plan the day. The morning is the time to plan the whole day, but they don't plan ahead. So the next uh, Wednesday is something they don't think of. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a, a long-term problem for something like rabies control. We need that long-term planning being built in, so yes. we know what we're doing and to keep the efforts going along. That's really useful. You're both your Western Europe culture. You that you're used to that. Where we've kind of got rabies, if not eradicated everywhere, at least under control. Julia, going to India and seeing what, what's going on, has that changed how you understand rabies and the impact it has on lives? It has uh, changed my view on rabies because I, well, from a German perspective, it's not really a problem anymore. And I can remember when we presented um, the results of our project in uh, Kenilworth in the US, somebody came and said, wow, rabies, I didn't know we, we actually had rabies um, at all. And this was a new topic kind of for, for Western <laughs> cultured people. And um, but in India, it's a huge problem and a lot of people die of rabies and also children. And although it's it's a preventable disease, so I think it's really important um, what uh, Mission Rabies is, is doing there and, and has achieved in the past also. 
it's quite shocking, isn't it? I think the statistic is one death every 30 minutes in, in India, which yeah. Yeah. when yeah. you come from a country where you don't think you have to worry about this disease and it's just not on, on your mind. That's, that's incredible. Stina, what, did you, what were your thoughts on that? Well, if you take into consideration uh, this statistics that every 30 minutes someone dies of rabies in India, and if you also think that it's not a priority for India, this uh, this problem, rabies is not uh, the first priority, you can imagine the whole picture. I think that for us it's a kind of a forgotten disease, but for them it's a real problem, but it's not a priority. So it's on the top, but it's not the first point. So they have much more things to to solve. So it will it will take time. But it was really it was shocking for me. So I knew rabies, and I know that we have some cases also in Poland. It's not a lot; it's under control. But uh, in India, it's a real everyday life problem. That's a real cultural thing to be aware of, isn't it? Because it's shocking to us in Europe, we don't have to worry about it. So you kind of almost look and think, well, why would you still get these deaths? But you, you can't go into India without understanding there are so many other problems. You've got to look at that big picture and how it's affecting people's mm-hmm. lives, everything else that's going on, that everything that you see around you. Which I guess that's living there for three months. You've really got a chance to experience that whole picture. Did you? What did you think about? Did you get sort of to experience the village life and see what was what people's real concerns are? So we had a lot of um, field work we were doing in um, in India. Um, so we went to this um, remote places and we asked people about what they knew about rabies. And it was very obvious that a lot of people don't know about rabies. Um, so there's definitely a lack of awareness around rabies. And this is part of the problem besides the lack of resources for example, money or or, um, people who um, vaccinate dogs or also um, people after a dog bite. So there there are multiple challenges around um, rabies control in India, um, and sometimes they don't have the access to um, to vaccines because um, the places are so remote and and they can't just um, take their dog to the vet and and get it vaccinated. So there are a lot of challenges um, around uh, this fight against rabies in India. Yeah, and the other challenge is that uh, rabies is perceived as uh, no one's disease, let's say, because that they think that uh, the human side should take care of uh, rabies because it, uh, people are dying. And the uh, human side think that it should be taken care of uh, by the veterinary part. So there is, maybe there is, but it's a quite limited uh, common approach from the human and from the veterinary part. And it's, I think it's crucial to um, eliminate or have this disease under control in India. I think rabies gives us a real lot of learnings on one health how do we as a community really approach that? Because as you say, there's this conflict between vaccinating dogs, but it's to save human lives. So where does the funding come from and how do we, exactly. how do, how do we integrate everything? What, was, what were the key 
impacts of the fellowship that you did what would you say when when you finished your project what what did you change there what were the impacts of what you did so i think the main impact was that we found different sustainable solutions um, in the fight against rabies in india um, according to the different environments so we found during our our project that the environments are just very different and there's no one size fits all. And I think um, with our different um, sub-projects, we managed to find different solutions according to these environments. For example, whether there were more um, farms with dogs um, or um, if it's uh, if it were very remote places, um, then it's a different situation than if you go into a bigger city where there are a lot of owned dogs um, who can easily be vaccinated. So I think this was the main achievement we found. Justina, I would also add some simple, very simple mm, solutions. And if you have limited resources, you have to build on what you have. So with the, I think, fresh perspective, we were able to find very simple uh, points that can be and resources that can be used. For example, social workers, uh, they have a very good contact with the communities. They know everyone and they can go there and uh, share very simple messages around rabies so they can raise awareness. And um, we found also that even very poor, poor people, they have TV. So you can also have a very simple awareness campaign uh, on TV. I'm really interested in that way of reaching out to people. We did a project in Haiti where we used SMS text messaging. When we're going to have a vaccination campaign, we use the, the phone network to send out messages to people on, on their phones. And it, it, it demonstrated we can increase the number of people coming. And you're mentioning television. I hadn't thought about television as, as something we can do. We actually created some radio scripts a while ago, but I hadn't thought about television. That's a really interesting approach and as well. They also use uh, WhatsApp. So they also use this... Um, let's say health inspectors, um, they have the phone numbers of the people living in the village and they send a message through WhatsApp to, to the whole community. So no. they can also spread awareness through WhatsApp. And that was really helpful because they kind of told them that we were coming and vaccinating their dogs. So that there was someone at home and um, preparing um, their dog for us and, and so on. So that was really helpful. That's, that's quite incredible. I love the sound of that. That's say talking about using technology and thinking what we could be doing. Actually, by being there and seeing it, you've done it. So they, the villagers were freely sharing their number with the officials so that they were able to actually do this. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Do you think that what you managed to do, is it sustainable? Do you think you've really introduced sustainable methods that we can help eliminate rabies? I think, yes. I think yes, there is no one size fits all. And I think that um, the regions and different, for example, small, very remote areas, they can pick something from the whole picture to, uh, to use the um, local community. In the bigger city, they can pick something else. So 
we had a very different approaches to uh, eliminate or to control rabies. So I think it's it's possible. One of the things we have at the moment, a lot of post-exposure prophylaxis, that's quite expensive. What you've seen, do you think the dog vaccination is the cost-effective solution? Is this the right route to be going down, do you think, Julia? Actually, this was also part of our project. <laughs> so we uh, calculated the cost-effectiveness of PEP versus vaccinating all the dogs in a, in a specific area. And um, so we, on the one hand, counted all the dogs we saw in, in this area and also visited the clinics and um, looked for the recorded PEPs and, and analyzed these data. And we found that it was definitely more cost-effective to vaccinate the dogs instead of um, vaccinating people after dog dog bite. Having that long-term view, though, isn't that what we talked about earlier? If you're just focusing short-term, then it's easier to do the, these, you know, quick vaccinate people after after a bite. But if you look at the long-term, that's where we get the savings. Yes, and plus it doesn't it doesn't eliminate rabies. It's just the symptom it um, prevents actually. So the um, virus is still in the environment and. Um, of course, the dogs are, are the carriers and they are the transmitters. Christina, what did you look at in the way of education in the villages for helping people understand rabies? Well, we did as a first part of our project, we did this field work. So we were interviewing the villagers and uh, we found that even people uh, claiming that they knew rabies, they were not able to um, to provide the to list the the signs of how do how will, will they recognize the rabid dog and uh, we also found that it would be helpful uh, to uh, have the rabies awareness at school because many people they don't uh, they cannot read and uh, the children coming back from schools they can bring the knowledge uh, around rabies very simple uh, messages very basic knowledge how to behave what to do how to prevent what they should do uh, with the rabies dog um, in the village so it should be really simple and on a different uh, several levels so as i said it could be uh, done by the social workers and uh, also with children at school school children or children in general that's the that's how we build sustainability teaching people for the future. That's uh, great. Julia, what do you think from from your project there? What do you think we learned for the from for the future? For the future, um I think as as I said, I think there's no uh, one size fits all. I think it's always um the different um it's always the challenge to consider the different um challenges in a in a specific area and then find um, solutions for this for these challenges in this certain area when i first started doing this i was kind of yeah we just need to get in there and it's just one answer that bit about looking at different areas and not one answer for everyone i think absolutely the more i've seen i would agree absolutely 
And the good thing is that I think um, we we started um, with the Mission Rabies project last year, and this year um, the fellowship um, has con continued to collaborate with Mission Rabies, and they are going to um, continue working on this project um, this year. So I'm really happy to hear this, and um, and um, so that they can continue um, the fight against rabies um, in this area where we started, actually. One thing, say so I admire everyone who goes on these these fellowships. I think that must be must be life changing. Am I correct? What do you think is your has there been a lasting effect on you, Julia, of doing this? Um, the experience in India um, has helped me consider um, different perspectives when facing a challenge like rabies, for example. Um, so it's a market access perspective, but also a marketing perspective and and also a medical perspective, of course. So I think this was a great um, experience where I learned a lot. It also ta taught me that we can do great things with limited resources because, I mean, an NGO hasn't um, got a lot of resources and still they're doing a great job and, and achieving great things. And um, in general, I think it was a very grounding experience. Um, and it sometimes makes our problems in our Western world seem quite small. And so I think it, it was a great experience in, in general, and I wouldn't want to miss it. How about you, Justina? Yeah, I would add to this to, uh, from the personal perspective also to cherish every moment. Remember about your relatives, friends, family and uh, what was also quite important during our fellowship and I hope I will stay with this uh, to be flexible so we had to be flexible really in India and um, I hope I will stay like this because it's also um, good and it's easier with the everyday life uh, in Europe. Thank you both so much for for doing this, for going out on the fellowship and supporting Mission Rabies and helping in India, making that difference to lives, for giving me the time to actually talk through it as well. It's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you, yes. <laughs> it was a pleasure. <laughs> I loved hearing Julia and Justina talking about the role of social workers in the community to raise awareness, about using trusted networks, and especially about the use of social media and chat apps to get the message out. I believe this is key to driving change in behaviour. On a different note, I'm very excited that the new Emergence website is now ready, and I expect it to be launched at the beginning of June. This new site builds on what we've provided for the last five years, while becoming faster and more responsive. This follows your feedback and I hope you'll be really pleased with it. I look forward to telling you more in the next podcast. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and stay safe.